I am recording. Right. I see the bar moving. Now I need you to do a clap. So count to three and then clap. <coughs> One, two, three. Perfect. And Perfect. there it is. Sweet. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Um... Um... Um, one thing I need to do is get a quieter mouse. <laughs> this thing is so loud. Yeah, mine is pretty loud too. I guess I can use my trackpad on my laptop. I'll do that. Okay, you ready to get going on okay. this? Okay, I got, I got, I got, I got. Okay. Okay. Yep. Here we go. Sounds good. You want me to start it? Or you wanna, you wanna intro it this time? You got it, dude. All right. Everyone's waiting on they they know the Nick Wells to start it. Welcome to the Ever Gamer Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to rumble? <laughs> Today we will talk about microtransactions. In this corner, weighing <laughs> in at three billion dollars. <laughs> EA. And in this corner, with six regular listeners, <laughs> the Every Gamer Podcast. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, okay, here we go. Welcome to the Evergamer Podcast. My name is Nick Wells. And I am Sketch256, aka Ben in real life. Yeah. Oh, I interrupted you. Yeah. I was, I was excited. <laughs> you were excited. We're ready to record. I interrupted you it. for no reason, just for excitement's sake. <laughs> um, I hear you. Hey, how you been doing? Doing pretty good, man. Things have been crazy the past couple weeks. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. you were at my house last week helping us move, being yeah. a baller. Um, at a at a pretty nerve wracking meeting today about a project I'm I'm pretty far behind on for this semester, but we're making progress. We're pushing forward, you know. And uh, my bride and I are getting settled into our new home, so yeah. uh, all things are going pretty good. And, and I and I have a face cam, so stream's gonna get a face cam. Nice. Like, very exciting times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got your uh, how things going for you? Got your studio set up too, huh? Yeah. Well, getting there. I still got to put some decor on the walls, you know, that kind of thing. Gotcha. It, it, there's like this is definitely the the most unfinished room in the house, but it's <laughs> it's the least important to finish, so it's fine. The studio is never finished. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. So, yeah, uh, I've been doing I've been doing pretty pretty well. Um, just kind of got still unpacking stuff. Um, you know, we just painted yeah. the living room. Got finally got my um, gaming stuff set up and. Was able to play Sea of Thieves with Elliot the other day, and that was really, oh, nice. yeah. really, really fun. Um, that game has has really come a long way, and it's it's really fun. But it's fun if you play with people that know what they're doing. It's <laughs> right, not fun right. playing by yourself at all. I don't think I've ever been interested in playing that game by myself. Yeah, but it was good, and you know, except, except to see the water. The water looks holy incredible. crap. the The water effects and the lighting in that game is yeah. amazing. There's so the yeah. if. I spent like ten minutes just watching the water on the deck of the ship, because of how it how it moves and the physics of it. It just looked incredible. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's yeah. gorgeous. I can't it's, believe it's the it's the best. I mean, it's like 
the best water effects in the industry. Yeah, for sure. I think. Um, so what what uh what games you've been playing lately? Anything different or new, or still just grinding it out on Destiny? <laughs> so I've, I've definitely been grinding in Destiny, but over the past weekend, I was just sick of like grinding stuff. Sure. And so I just I really wanted to take some time. So I just I popped back in Titanfall two. Oh, nice. To pick up where I left off in the campaign. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that game, the campaign for that game is so freaking good. Yeah, it is. It's so good. I mean, it sucks you in from the first minute. Uh, I mean, the the opening cinematic for that game is awesome. Yeah. Like, super cool. Uh, like, a live action slash, like, CGI cinematic is really good. Yeah. And then you just get sucked into this really cool story. I mean, I don't know anything about the lore of that game or anything, but I am immediately in. And the character, like... The character uh, connection that you feel with your Titan is so cool. BT, he's your right. like your Titan in that game. Like I, I haven't felt like, like I love that Titan. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like he's just a big robot, but I love the guy, and uh, and the storyline is fascinating. The missions are super interesting. Like the movement in the game feels great, and the combat feels great, and then. Uh, like the villains are cool, like the set piece battles that you fight, and just it's really, really a cool experience. And so that was, that was just a fun thing to do. I was like tired of competing and stuff. I was tired of grinding, and I just wanted to play something. And I, I had a blast playing Titanfall two the other night. That's awesome. I need to get back on it because I, I played through like probably a quarter of the the campaign, and then I got sidetracked or derailed somehow. I can't remember, but I need to jump oh, back in. Oh, same, it. yeah. Um, yeah, same. It's definitely worth it. It's so good. Yeah, it, the controls in that game feel so good and. It looks great. Yeah. It's nothing crazy, but it's it's solid. What's there? Yeah, you know, it's just a great. It's a great game. Yeah. What about you? Um, I actually so besides uh, Sea of Thieves uh, the other night, um, I actually played with uh, Elliot and Carl and Dallas. Dallas jumped on for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. So that was really fun. And then um, about two days ago, I started a game called Banner Saga. I think I mentioned it before. Um, yeah, and it's it's pretty simple. So the the studio that makes it uh, is called uh, Stoic Studios, and it was started okay. by three former Bioware developers. Um, oh, I didn't know that till recently, um, but the game is is super simple. So a lot of it is kind of text based. There's no like, uh, there's a couple of like narrative voice acting stuff, but for the most part, it's yeah. you're reading uh, the dialogue okay. and. Um, no crazy animations or anything like that. Um, uh, besides in battle, the battle animations are really amazing. The sound design is incredible. The music is incredible. Um, yeah. But the, I mean, the, I don't think the game, I think it's pretty relatively small budget, um, probably $200,000 or something like that. Um, not oh, much. Okay. Um, but, but it's a, uh, I think they've just released a third one. So I've been playing this one on an easy setting because I want to kind of get through it because I want to play the second and third one. Um, but the story is really interesting. So all of your decisions that you make during these dialogue things actually affect the outcome of the game. So like huh. mid-game, if you make the wrong choice or something, one of your main fighters could end up dying, um, and they're gone for the rest of the game. Um, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of like... Um what's that game? Um, XCOM? Like where you have yeah, yeah, similar thing, but like these... Huh. These, um, I think these characters are more, I guess, have more value as far as like the story is concerned. Yeah. So okay. XCOM, I, I, I've only played a little bit of XCOM, 
but I don't think that game is mostly story forward. I think it's mostly gameplay gameplay forward. No, I'd agree with that. Um, Banner Saga is very much about the story. So, like, when you're not in battle, there's not really much as far as gameplay. It's when they're the whole point is like the these guys are moving through um, through the terrain. Uh, it's um, you're trying to get to one point or another, and like a lot of things happen during that, and you're you're trying to avoid these uh, things called dregs, which are like overtaking the world um, that you're mm. in, and you're trying to fight your way. And there's a lot of a uh, lot more nuance to it than that. But um, yeah, uh, but it really heavily relies on the story, which is really cool because I actually stopped. So I, I don't do this very much, but I actually stopped and shut the game off and restarted it because I lost someone who I didn't want to lose. Oh, yeah, and yeah. so I immediately just like quit the game, <laughs> started over, and I did that twice oh, no, because did it auto save? Did it auto save? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so I, I I did that twice because. I lost him twice doing the wrong dialogue choices. Um, mm. And so I finally found the right dialogue choice and I, I went through it, but it shows that <laughs> the, the characters in the story have a big impact on this, how, how this game um, is viewed or it gets to me how this game uh, hits home. So um, that was really cool. The, the battle system is like a tactic is a tactics turn-based battle system. Um, yeah. But the the animations for the the little characters and the the sound design and the feel of the game is incredible. It's really really incredible. Um, just uh, that's awesome, dude. The I guess the fidelity of the game being such a small title. Um, so yeah. I'm really excited to to finish this one up. I think it's like ten ten to fifteen hours, um, and play the second and third one. Um, yeah. So really really fun kind of simple. Um, game I can jump in and out of, uh, play a little bit of, and you know, uh, to me, it's hard for me to play a game that doesn't have a story. So, you know, story is probably super, super important for me to play. That's why I don't, I don't stick to games um, like Apex Legends yeah. for too long. Um, see if they use. It's hard for me to just jump in and and because I I need a story for me. That's why RPGs are so so big to me. Yeah, I've definitely felt like. I felt the desire to like find a game to get sucked into yeah. again. Like I and I, I, I mean I love Destiny. I'm definitely gonna play when Shadowkeep sure. comes out. Yeah. But just like p- playing as a character game, really sucked into a story. Yeah, I, I've I've missed that, and it's been a while since I've had that experience. And so I, I wanna I wanna do that. You know what'd be interesting is if Bungie came out with a game that wasn't that was kind of similar to this, where it wasn't as heavily gameplay um, oriented, but it focused so much yeah. on the lore and the story of of Bungie. So instead of putting all the resources or Destiny. Or Destiny, I'm sorry. The yeah. the, the story, yeah, yeah. the lore cool. of of Destiny. Um because it's hard for me to keep up with with all the lore and all that stuff with, you know, not being there not being any sort of um grimoire. I know that there's some lore in the collections yeah. or the whatever screen and you can find it on some of the weapons and stuff like that. But I would love right. for them to like come out with some sort of smaller game um, that goes. Just watch. Just play the game of watching. My name is Biafin. <laughs> yeah. Which I I I, I did the. Uh, he did a really awesome thing for I think the first game where it was like an hour or two hours or whatever, and he just went through. He's the doing entire... another one. Oh, good. Because I'm so lost He's now. Doing 
He's doing another one that's like from start to finish. Like oh, I, I think it's gonna be like three hours long, something like that. Yeah, that's that's yeah, awesome. It's, it's crazy. I wish yeah, I, I yeah. really wish Bungie would create like a smaller, simpler game that focused way more <laughs> on the story. Uh, that would be really, yeah. really cool. Um, yeah. I mean, and it it's that you know, there's the the kind of developer that's always been gameplay first, and you build, you build a story sure. around that. Yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, I agree. I mean. It would be really cool to have that. I mean, because the lore in Destiny is some of the best. It is. I think, and around. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, the the story of the Thorn and the Rose is incredible. Um, oh, Cade, yeah. And the last word together with that. Yeah. Cade, Cade's backstory um, is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I think they have so much content as far as the story. Oh, yeah. Um, I think if they can create like small, like five, 10 hour games of just like the story mostly, mm-hmm. not so much crazy. Uh, gameplay or first-person shooter, maybe even make it like a simple tactics-based kind of game. That would be really, really cool. Um, that would be super cool. Um, but yeah, you talked about getting into Ori in the Blind Forest. You think you're gonna start that anytime soon? I, I if I do, it will be in the next couple weeks. Okay. Um, because we're we're approaching the lull before Shadowkeep comes out. Right. And I definitely would like to jump into a different game for a little while um, and just. So like this week, I really want to play some Destiny uh, for when I can because I'm trying to get this one last PvP quest done. Right. Um, and so I just have to reset my my Valor rank one more time. I've had to do it five times this season. Jeez. This is like the fifth time. So I'm trying to do that, and then once I get that done, like I'll be I'll be done with my quest for Destiny for this time period, and then when Shadowkeep comes out, I'll be grinding that pretty hard. Right. Um, so I think Ori and the Blind Forest will be in that lull, right. which means like next week. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Well, I'm excited to to uh, for you to get into it. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get into it myself. Yeah, it's it was one of those games that had such a great story to it. Um. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about uh, the, uh, was it micro-somethings? <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, they're wow. controversial. Uh, um, every every gamer podcast, After Dark. Mm, the, <laughs> 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 uh, micro-transactions. That's it, micro-transactions. Ah. Ch- chances are, if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, you have one or two reactions to that. Mm-hmm. Either one, you're filled with incredible disdain and hatred. Yes. Or you are going, what is a microtransaction? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's like 1.3% of gamers that say they like microtransactions. Uh, 1.3? Uh-huh. Uh, that was from like wow. 2018 uh, stat. I can't remember where it's from, but I know it's 1.3% in 2018. Which is funny because like, like the the it's the 1% that have all the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm not sure that the whales that feed the system are the ones that like the microtransactions. They're just the ones that can use them. So <laughs> here's a question. What is a microtransaction? I actually got asked this um, a couple weeks ago. I was at a dinner with some people who like are not really gamers. And yeah. uh, someone asked about the podcast and... Uh, I said about how we were going to talk about microtransactions pretty soon, and this guy was like, "I don't, I never heard of that. What is what is a microtransaction?" Hmm. Um, well, I can give you a definition right here because I'm looking at it. All right, cool. Uh, microtransactions. How official are uh, from Wikipedia? <laughs> uh, microtransactions, <laughs> uh, sometimes abbreviated as MTX, are a business yes. model where users can purchase virtual goods with micropayments, um, which that 
I don't think what's there's not in this definition where it says you use an in-game currency that you purchase with real life money. Um, right. And microtransactions are often used in free-to-play games to provide a revenue source for developers, uh, which you see microtransactions mostly mostly in mobile games, but they have creeped their way yes. into AAA games and console games, PC games, um, because uh, these big publishers have found out that they can make billions of dollars, literally, literally billions of dollars from them. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, So, like, an example would be, like, I play this game called uh, Toon Blast on my phone sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Recently, my wife started playing it, but I, I had played, like, 200 levels before she ever got to the game. So by the time she started playing it, it was already on, like, much more challenging levels. <laughs> and she, like, ended up using all of my coins <laughs> on, like, extra turns so she could keep on trying. Uh, and the game would sell these packs where it's like, oh, you're out of coins? Well, you can buy more coins for $5. Like, you, but you spend $5, you can get 5,000 coins and these different power-ups, you know? And the game is free to play, uh, and I'm certainly for developers getting money, but, like, that's an example of a microtransaction. It's like, I spent 5 bucks on this thing in the game. It's a virtual good, which in, in the case of, like, most mobile games, it's it's you, you pay for the uh, ability to play the game or you pay to speed up aspects of the game that take a long time. Yeah. Like, you can pay to make them go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, like, with micro-payments, micro doesn't mean, like, a penny. It means that it, I think that it just means that it doesn't cost the... It's smaller than the cost of the actual game. Yeah, so it's... Like a downloadable content. Instead of paying like 60 bucks, you're paying maybe 50 cents or a dollar for something in the game, but you're doing that multiple times depending on what kind of virtual good that you want from the game. Um, How does does loot boxes fit into microtransactions? Well, before we do that, I wanted to ask you, what's your first experience with a microtransaction? Uh, it probably has to be a mobile game of some sort. I, I can't remember, but you know, back in the day when I when I was on my, I think it was HTC Incredible. Um, uh-huh. I think that was the first time where I had like a smartphone, and so I, um, yeah. I downloaded you know free to play game. I was like, awesome! I can get free games on my phone, and started playing them. And right. then you just hit a, a paywall immediately, like after right. a couple minutes. And uh, I can't remember what game it was, but I remember getting super frustrated because i was like oh yeah I'll, I'll i'll pay two bucks for this thing and get a pack and you run through the the crystals you know you get 500 crystals or whatever and then you run through it in like two minutes um, right and yeah that it was super frustrating when i first came across it but a dollar per minute yeah because <laughs> it seems like a good deal because it's only a dollar but you you know you multiply that right. by ten thousand little transactions that's ten thousand dollars quick math yeah that <laughs> very good <laughs> yes yeah. uh, my first experience with it was there was I, I remember when Farmville came out and I was like this sounds like the stupidest game why is Facebook getting into the games oh, industry man. or whatever but then so I never played Farmville no offense to Farmville fans out there but um, uh, this Marvel game came out like mm-hmm. a year or two after Farmville did and it was like right when the Marvel movies were getting really big yeah uh, this is probably like 2013 not getting really big i mean they're already pretty big but like 2013 uh something like that i think and i was i played the heck out of this facebook marvel game where you had like you could you could make a team of three with different characters and you had different moves and abilities and you played yes. different missions it was really fun and you this. can unlock different characters it was really fun 
Um, but then, like, I remember, like, whenever I tried to level up a character, it's like, you can choose to level them up with this many things. And so I did that. And then it's like, it will take, this character is not available for 24 hours while they level up. <laughs> or you can pay this money and get it done in the next five. And I was like, oh, well, what the heck? And then, <laughs> and then I remember there was this, like, week-long competitive, like, you could play PvP against other characters. And if you were in the top 100, I think it was, like, you were in the top 100 of your region, then you got Deadpool, and I really wanted Deadpool, and I somehow was able to play enough PvP that I was like in the top 100 Goodness. or 1,000 or however many it was. I played a lot, but then I started hearing about these these people called Wallet Warriors, and I was like, "What the heck is a Wallet Warrior?" <laughs> it was basically people who were spending money on microtransactions in the game to be able to play more or upgrade their characters yeah. more often, and so they could pay for an advantage in the game. And I was like, what the heck? That's messed up. Yeah. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to spend any money on it. I was freaking poor. Right. Um, that was like one of the first times I can really remember microtransactions as a thing. Yeah. And I remember immediately having a very negative perspective towards them. Right. Well, one thing that... So it's hard for me get it, to get into like mobile games because they mostly re revolve around this. Uh, yeah. Microtransactions and... Um, it's the reason why most of them don't have a story or an end game is because if you have an end game, then there's a, there's a, an actual stop to when the, the, you know, when you'll stop paying for something. So, right. A lot of these games are just have such a loose story. Oh, you send, you know, so I'm playing one right now called, um, shop Titans and I've had it for two months, uh, playing it almost every day. Yeah. But this is how much because I'm I'm not putting any money into it. This is how much I've been able to total play time. It's twelve minutes and fifty one seconds, playing every Over day two for two months. I, uh, so like yesterday, I was or today I was only able to play for nine seconds. Uh, two days ago, um, I logged on for three seconds because what? because of how slow things go. So like you're trying to run this shop. Um, where you where you build weapons and armor for other like <laughs> little NPCs to to come in and buy, and then you have yeah. your own little heroes that you can um, recruit and send out to get you materials so that you can build like better weapons and armor and stuff like that. Right, right. And the the hard stop is how long it takes for these weapons and armor to build. So now I'm at the point where some of these are taking two minutes to build, and you can only build a uh -huh. certain amount. And, like, to expand your shop, now it's to the point where, like, some of the items that I'm selling, it's, like, 300 gold, 400 gold, maybe 1,000 gold. But now to expand my shop, I need a million gold. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't get past 100,000 gold. One million. <laughs> so it takes me, like, it took me, like, two weeks to get up to 100,000 gold, and I can't get past that point uh, oh, because of this, like, discrepancy between the time and how much gold you're actually making. And so, like, I send my heroes out to, to quest for um, for items. And you don't actually control them. You just send them out. They go do the thing. And then after a certain time, yeah, they come back. Yeah. But it takes, like, 30 minutes for them to recover. And, like, so it's... So, yeah, in two months, I've only been able to play 12 minutes and 51 total seconds because <laughs> of the wall, the paywall. And right. there are constantly, like... NPCs coming in. Oh, I've got a pack I can sell you, and you get these weapons, and you can unlock this thing, and you get this many uh, whatever in-game <laughs> currencies. And so, 
I've got a pack you can buy. It's called Win the Game. Yeah, so, like, there's <laughs> always a point in these games. I've noticed there's always a point where yes, you you can do so much, and it feels like you're making so much progress, and then all of a sudden yeah. it just... They throttle you. Yeah, it throttles like crazy. And I've hit yeah, that point in this game. There's a... Um, yeah. There's a game called, I think, Townscape or something like that, where the same thing happened. You know, I started building yep. my town. It was getting really good. I was getting to where I like. And then all of a sudden, things cost way too much to, to buy. And then I didn't have enough energy to do certain things. And I was just, you know, I quit playing it. Yeah. Um, so every yeah. time I get to that point, I quit. So my turnover rate for mobile games is, is so, so quick because, right, pretty fast. one, they don't have story, but two, like, these paywalls slow you way, way down. And so it right. gets really, really frustrating. Um, right. So to get back to your question earlier, like about how loot boxes fit into it, like part mm-hmm. of what you're talking about, like what we're talking about here is you, you, you pay for what you get, mm-hmm. right? You like, you see exactly what you're going to get. You pay for that. That's what you get. Um, so like, even if it is something as annoying as like they throttle the entire game for you, mm-hmm. they're being very upfront. Like we will sell this thing that makes it go faster right? Or, or we'll sell you extra lives or whatever. So loot boxes come in where essentially it's like, uh, it's like a crate or a card pack or a loot box. Yeah that is randomized so you don't know what is actually in it you can purchase them uh usually with in-game currency that you buy with real world money um and they usually companies will give you like a taste of those things like you'll you'll every time you level up like you'll get a loot box but then it'll get harder and harder to level up so that's kind of like the throttling we're talking about and the main difference there is you could spend two dollars mm-hmm. on a loot box and get exactly the item that you're looking to get mm-hmm. you could spend two thousand dollars on loot boxes and never get the item that you're looking to get yep. right that's my luck so in many ways like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> nick has got terrible rng it's <laughs> yeah. actually hilarious um and sad yeah very sad <laughs> so if any of your if any of you thought well like so you're kind of like gambling with your money there mm-hmm. I think that you're on the right track. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because you're you're basically going on chance. Like I'm hoping that yeah, this loot box will have what I'm wanting. Uh, right. So you may not actually get anything that you're looking for. You could even get duplicates of something. Like I remember when I and and in some ways this is like a similar thing. I remember when I was in junior high. You know, that's when Pokemon cards came out and they were insane. And so you go spend three dollars on a Pokemon card pack. I could get all of the same cards I've already got, right? right? Or I could get my, you know, holographic Blastoise, which I, you know, lost my mind when I got that card. That felt <laughs> great. But you know, I could have spent three dollars and got that, or I could have spent three hundred dollars and got that. Right. Uh, you know, and so because you're there's not it's not a guaranteed re- reward. Right. Um. And so th- those are a little bit more dubious than most microtransactions, I would say. Right. And right now, I think we're in a time, at least the last two or three years, where uh, publishers and developers are trying to find where the line is. And they have been pushing like crazy. <laughs> so like Battlefront 2 or Battle- was it Battlefront? I would, say they're, I would say they're trying to find the line that they can push the most mm-hmm. without getting completely trashed by their communities. Yeah. And so... <laughs> You know, it, uh, most of it came to light with Battlefront 2, even though it was yeah. in games before that. Battlefront 2 was the one where it, it outraged most of the, the gamers because these iconic characters, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, you had to play, like, 
a crazy amount of listeners, time. Listeners, if you want to see a dumpster fire, I mean, just go back and look at like whatever Reddit posts or articles or videos that were coming out about Star Wars Battlefront Two a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, it is insane the the blatant push for EA from from Electronic Arts to get people to spend money on that game. Yeah, what was insane? I mean, because like what Nick was saying, I cut him off. I'm sorry, but no, yeah, it's like you you can unlock these characters through playtime. But some of the amount of time that you're talking about is hundreds and hundreds of hours mm-hmm. to get s- some of the most iconic characters in the Star Wars universe, you know, like Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader or things like that. Like, I mean, just ungodly amounts of time to be able to do this. And in some ways, it wasn't just like, I mean, sometimes developers can get away with that if they're only selling cosmetic things. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't affect gameplay at all. But these characters affected gameplay. Some of them are actually stronger than others. Yes. And so that was also this thing, like the term that comes up in microtransactions a lot is pay to win, or like what I mentioned earlier, like a wallet warrior. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't spend the time on it. You're, you're not, you don't have this character because you're good. You don't have this upgrade because you're good. You have this upgrade because you put $5 into the game right. or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I think where people got super frustrated was it wasn't a free-to-play game. You have to pay. I think it was sixty dollars when it right. came out. Right. So not only did so that's, did they did they pay sixty dollars for an incomplete game? Now they're trying to get milked for more money, um, right? Just to get these iconic characters from the game. I think that's pretty terrible. You know. Right. Right. It's like well, so like we've already talked about this, but I think it'd be good to like for us to like formally move into this. Like, what are the, what are our perspectives on microtransactions? Are they good? Are they bad? Are they ever appropriate? Mm-hmm. Like, what wh- what's like what what's in your opinion? Like, so is there a good microtransaction? So I'm I I'm on the the kind of the fence about some of it. Of course, there's it's not a it's not a black and white situation here. It's super gray areas. Um, so like FIFA. Um, I think having cosmetic uh, microtransactions is okay as long as there's a balance there. So, like, mm-hmm. if there's, let's say there's 300 items in the game for, like, clothing, right? But you can only acquire 20 of those items through play, and the rest of them are microtransactions. That's a huge imbalance. Um, right. If you can acquire, let's say, half of them through microtransactions, but each piece costs five bucks, 10 bucks. So you have to spend, you know, thousands of dollars just to get all of the clothing options. That's a huge imbalance. And right now I think right. the, the games um, industry uh, publishers, developers, they're actually pushing to find out where that line is. And right now that's where we're seeing a lot of backlash is because they're pushing too hard, too fast. And they don't have a sense of, um, I guess shame in in where where it goes. <laughs> like honestly, they're yeah. No, I would agree. Any with that. <laughs> any sense of shame for like trying to milk the gamers is out the window as soon as they see oh we hit hundred million dollars, two hundred million dollars, five hundred right, million dollars. Right. Um, so you would say like at a certain point, like cosmetic microtransactions, you don't really have a problem with. Yeah, but there again, there just has to be a balance. Like you know, some of these items, the chances of getting them are in the point zero percent. You know. Right, um, right. So they because it's it's now illegal to not um, so mobile games through the Apple Store I think and also through Google Play they have to put 
um, the chances of getting things from loot boxes. They have to put the chances. And, and right. I don't think I see anything over 1% chance, uh, which is super slim. Uh, let's say you had a 1% chance of living through, uh, through um, skydiving, right? Um, uh-huh. I don't think anybody would want to take that chance. Uh, so 1% <laughs> is not great. Um, in Destiny... Uh, a lot of items are like that and that's why i've kind of fallen off destiny is because like i i don't i would love to get some of those things but the thing is i can't afford to buy all those things and i don't can't afford the time to try to get all those things and so i've kind mm. of um resigned myself to the idea that i'm not going to get it so i'm not going to put the time in um especially sure, with sure. my rng luck um, so, <laughs> right. so with mobile games, they so, push way too far. I think free to play games, sometimes they're pushing way too far, even though they are free to play, they're not only yeah. making their money back, but they're making way, way, way more than their money back. And they're still trying to push oh, more and more. Sure. So again, so I think, I think that like the gaming community generally has some rules around, around microtransactions that I've kind of picked up on. Yeah. So it's like good slash neutral. Like maybe we don't prefer it, but we're not going to like flood your forums with hatred or like, sure. <laughs> you know, like if this happens, so if it's like, if it's a free to play game, like if you can play the game totally for free, mm-hmm. microtransactions tend to be more accepted. Sure. Uh, if they're fair priced, like you're saying, um, uh, so like if you're, if you're, I know that like Fallout seventy six had like an eighteen dollar color change for your power armor. Yeah, right. You know, it's like that's ridiculous. Like that's not a fair. Like eighteen dollars to change your power armor to blue is not. It's yeah. not generally like if you that was like fifty cents. Maybe people would not have care about that. So like if right. it's fair priced, and that's gonna be a different line for everybody. But generally, there's some rules there. Sure. Uh, and then like you know what you're getting. So like. Mm-hmm. You see the thing that you want, you can pay money for it directly, uh, and buy the thing that you want. Most people don't have as much of a problem with that. And then finally, if it's cosmetic only, mm-hmm. if it just changes your appearance, or if it's like an emote or something like that, that that doesn't affect gameplay, it seems like most of the time, people either think that's a good microtransaction, or at the very least, it's neutral. Sure. So like, on the opposite of that, so that like bad microtransactions come out of full price games. Yeah. Like if I've already spent $60 on this game, why are there microtransactions here for you to get more money from me right. to do stuff? Uh, most people will have a hard time with that. If it's loot boxes, which means that I could spend $3 or $300 or $3,000 and I may not ever get the thing I'm looking to get. Um, like that's a huge problem that people have. If it's pay to win, if it's in any way like not cosmetic, if it actually affects your gameplay or your ability to play against other players, people have a huge problem with that. And then, like I said earlier, if it, if it seems like it's unfairly priced, uh, like it, uh, like I remember Apex Legends. Apex Legends is a free to play game that a lot of people have a great time with, and they released something in season two. I can't remember what it was, but basically, like it would cost upwards to thousands of dollars yeah. to be able to get every piece of this like cosmetic. It was cosmetic from a free to play game, and it wasn't loot boxes. But the amount of money that you had to put in just to be able to get this stuff was astronomical and people lost their minds and i think for good reason um and so it seems like if companies can kind of thread that line to where it's like it's free to play or fair price you know what you're getting it's cosmetic only like most people will let the thing slide sure 
uh, you know, they won't make a big deal out of it. But if it if it crosses the line into those things, I think I think gamers get very very defensive very quickly. Ga- gamers will be your best friends in the whole world, mm-hmm. and then if you do something to them that they feel is wrong, yeah. they will turn on you and like hell hath no fury like that of a gamer scorn. Right, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, seems to me like the the way it usually works, um, and so. Like one example of some of the worst that we've seen are like where you combine a couple of those bad things, like a loot box that is also related to pay to win mechanics in a full price game. And you already mentioned the games that that do this, and that's FIFA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So FIFA for years, like a lot of people think loot boxes kind of like got really popularized when Overwatch and all that came out. Yeah. But Overwatch didn't start this. Like FIFA has had this thing called Ultimate Team going on since like 2011, 2012. Yeah, a long time. And it's like these card packs, these digital card packs, like a Pokemon card pack or like a Magic the Gathering or whatever. You can buy that in the game and it gives you different tier levels of the players that you can get. And you, so you have to like spend money, real money, to get these chances at getting the best players in the game. Mm-hmm. So that if you go in and play PvP, again, you have the opportunity to, play, to win because your team, because you paid money and got better characters. Right. Which I think that's messed up. That's pretty messed up. It's inc- it's incredibly messed up, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you right now, EA has made ungodly amounts of money Billions. through this system. I mean, honestly, like this makes more money than all than their IP, mm-hmm. like than their actual games. Like the 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 micro like there's this really fantastic video by SkillUp on YouTube called the Wilson Loot Box, <laughs> and it will it's fascinating and it will turn your stomach at the same time. Yeah. It is really great a really great video to watch about this. Um, well, I think we're uh, yeah. So, uh, did you want to explain what the Wilson Loot Box was? Well, that's basically it. Okay. It's like, well, um, Andy Wilson, he's like the CEO of um, Andrew Wilson. We're not, we're not buddies. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> call me Drew. Andy. <laughs> Andy. Andy. Yeah, I'm not going to call you that. Uh, but Andrew Wilson, he's the CEO of EA. He might be a really nice guy in real life. I don't know. But he is basically, in, in a lot of ways, he has pioneered this loot box system in the FIFA games yeah. that has really landed him a lot of success at the company because of the amount of money that he's brought in to the company through that process. Right. Uh, and they've tried to they've tried to make that happen in other video and other games and that's what led to the Star Wars Battlefront 2 debacle. Yeah, what's what's frustrating, so there's it's not making the company as much money. It's making these individuals at the top millions and millions of dollars so the company right. like that's not being distributed down to the lower level devs the people that are actually yeah the developers the are not yeah. they're making a salary <laughs> they're making a certain amount per per year um and whether a game does well or not or brings in millions of dollars or not they're not getting a pay bump in that i know there are some uh, places like rockstar um where if the game does well some of these developers will get a little like a little bit of a bonus um but again, that's that's all dependent upon the executives, what they they decide. And yeah. what's really frustrating is these executives are walking away with enough money to pay, you know, entire uh, development developers like the full company's salaries for a year um, from just one oh, of these yeah. executives. And it's it's really frustrating because we don't see a a balanced distribution of that that money because Andrew Wilson he's not 
making these games. He's not putting the majority of the the effort into making these games. No. no. Um, and I think I'll, I think that's another thing. If gamers felt like, okay, so you put these microtransactions in the game, maybe it's not our favorite thing, but we're seeing how this money is going to developers or going to development processes that are making even better experiences for us. Yeah. Then you might have a different perspective on it. So, like for instance, in Destiny, they came out with this uh, mission um, over a year, about a year and a half ago. Um, it was called the Whisper Mission, mm-hmm. and it was like total surprise uh, for the community. And you did this really, really cool secret mission to be able to get the um, to be able to get the uh, the Whisper of the Worm yeah. sni- exotic sniper rifle, right? And they sold some micro, microtransaction cosmetic skins for the gun mm-hmm. in the Eververse store. And I remember, I mean, in Destiny, it kind of it's never really ideal because Destiny is a looter shooter. And so anytime that you don't get loot from playing the game, it's not at its best. Right. Um, but that being said, like they had this thing out. They put this like they put this mission out there. It was totally free for anybody who owned the like Destiny, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. And they had these cosmetic stuff in the store that you could buy that purely changes the look of the gun. Right. And then about, a, about I don't know, three or four months ago, they came out with another mission called the Zero Hour Mission. It was very similar. It's like a timed mission, kind of a secret thing, and you got this exotic called the Outbreak Perfected from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was at GuardianCon or something, I, I can't remember what it was, but I heard one of the game developers was talking about it, and he said, like, I'm not trying to talk a whole lot about microtransactions, but basically the money that we made from selling the Whisper Cosmetics funded the development team for the zero hour mission right and that it still wasn't ideal but i heard that and i go okay like i'm a bit more for that because the zero hour mission was great it was so cool the whisper mission was great and if microtransactions are even in the full in this like full paid game are going into like help help pay for developers and help pay for new development stuff and like cool new missions and weapons for us. Like if all that stuff is going to something that's making the game better for us, yeah. I'm a bit more okay with it. But then you hear about these guys, you know, like the, the CEO of Activision, you know, like <laughs> he, he, he became the CEO and got a $15 million bonus, yeah. like between like cash and like stocks and things like that. And you're like, Oh gosh, <laughs> just for accepting a job. <laughs> Just for certain, and he might be a he might be a crazy good CEO, and that's great for him. But fifteen million dollars for accepting the job, and that was right before they laid off what like eight hundred people. Yeah, is crazy. I mean, uh, one of the one yeah. of the guys made like forty million dollars that year. Um, oh, and yeah. then you know they they boasted about um, record revenue uh, for two thousand eighteen, and then immediately fired about eight hundred people. Uh, they laid yeah laid off like eight hundred people. Yeah, and yeah. that's. That's that that frustrates me because like that guy alone, like all the executives could fund all those developers for like two years yeah. uh, with their yeah. bonuses, not even their their general salaries, their bonuses. Right. Um, right. So you know, a lot of people are saying like you know these these microtransactions are good for developers. It's really not. It's not helping developers at all. It's helping the publishers, the, right. the executives, not even the majority of the right. publisher. Like it's the executives, um, right. and that's where a lot of the and outrage I, is is coming from. For me, um, honestly, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've been in the development side. I mean, I, I mean, I, it totally makes sense to me. I, yeah. I mean, it pisses me off to hear about it, but you also lived it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, and me working as a contractor is even it's even slimmer. Um, so you know I didn't get right. benefits. Um, I didn't get any bonuses or anything like that. Um, you know, there are yeah. times where I went almost two years without any sort of pay raise. Um, right. And so right. it's, it's, it's even worse for, for contractors. And a lot of times developers are, are taking advantage of contractors too, because they're dangling yeah. a full-time position over, over their heads saying, you know, if mm-hmm. you put in the extra time, so that's, and that can go into uh, crunch, which we do want to talk about in a, in a future, um, episode. But yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of kind of imbalances when it comes to microtransactions um and there are a couple of like ideas that i've had that i think would work really well but i don't know why publishers aren't trying it so like let's say you take a um a a full price game sixty dollars well let's say you drop the price to thirty dollars but you don't get any extra stuff but let's say you want to pay 60 bucks okay now you get a choice of what you start the game off with rather than you're just given this is what you get and then you know so let's mm-hmm. say you can pick, let's say Battlefront 2, right? Let's say you pay the full $60 and you can pick like two of the main characters that you want to start off with. I think that mm-hmm. could help on the microtransaction side. Let's say, um, maybe, let's say like um, free to play games. Instead of like doing loot boxes, they say, okay, you pay 10 bucks and then you can grab these out of this group of items. You can pay, you can grab whatever you want. Um, so like you can grab five items from this group for right. 10 bucks. Yeah. So instead of at, so one of the, the frustrating parts about people spending money on microtransactions is this whole, like, leave it up to chance. You know, I want to, yeah. you know, I'm going to spend, could potentially end up spending hundreds of dollars just to get that one that I want. How about if you create a game with enough content and enough stuff that you want, like destiny, they've got tons of cosmetic stuff that I'd love to get. I would probably pay ten bucks and like grab three or four exotic skins that I want rather than just like trying to leave it up to chance. I'm not gonna spend right. that money just to leave it up to chance. I, I don't have that kind of money to just leave it up to chance. So yeah. I think I think the whole loot box system is is crap and I think it screws players over. And I think yeah. what really sucks about it is when people end up getting those items and they publicize that it gives everybody else hope and that's why call of duty implemented that thing where you open up the loot box in front of people at the end of the match and Uh, even even bungie does it till a little bit in destiny if someone gets an item you you see it pop up in the feed in the bottom left um and that's to say look there's a chance there's a chance you should go ahead and try it because there's a chance if you get it um and for me there's no chance ever (laughs) <laughs> so uh and I, and this is not me uh, this is not the podcast where we just defend bungie or whatever sure. but um i will say that like for the most part i ha- like i really had a problem with bungie and loot boxes and all that mm-hmm. about a year ago yeah. when destiny 2 was in a really terrible state um but one thing i think that they've done differently and this does have to do with putting time in the game mm-hmm. but I rarely spend any money on Eververse, which is their online store or whatever, their microtransaction store. But for the most part, I've gotten like almost all of the, like the rare emotes, most of the rare weapon skins, like Mm -hmm. most of the rare, like most of the Eververse armor stuff. Like 
I've gotten that just through playing. So I, I feel like Bungie has made some good strides as far as how like sure. a full price game can have microtransactions. Uh, and I won't get into all the specifics of it for the listener, but like there are ways to get a lot of that stuff just by playing. Yeah. Sometimes it does take a lot. I mean, I don't feel like it's like a crazy amount of hours, but then again, I play this game a lot, so maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you do play it a crazy uh, amount of hours. Maybe I'm too close to it. I don't know, you know. Um, but they've also revamped the store too. I think they're going to be moving further away from loot box esque type things yeah. to more just direct purchase for like, if you see the thing that you want, you can get that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, just, just to go along with that, but I mean, I think you're right. Like people are rightfully pissed off by this kind of stuff and it's, it's creating some legal waves. Yeah, absolutely. So what's, what's some of the response that we've seen, I guess, on the, Leg uh, legislative level. Um, I, I, I tried to look it up earlier. I, I couldn't see exactly, but some countries have outright banned loot boxes. Uh, like you, Belgium, you cannot do. Belgium and yes. the Netherlands are both illegal to have That's, loot there boxes. You go. Belgium and the Netherlands have led the led the fight in this, mm -hmm. and I think that good for them for especially for loot boxes because loot boxes are. I mean. Like we've heard some clever wordplay from some of the some of the people whose pockets are looking are in danger from this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but uh, as like one lady was like, they don't call them loot boxes; they call them surprise mechanics. <laughs> that got <laughs> like, some backlash. How lovely! <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. I mean, it's a huge meme, uh, yeah. and I think it should be. Um, but uh, part of the problem here too is that it creates like a gambling addictive. Uh, loop in some ways. Mm -hmm. If you want to listen to more about addiction, you can do so whenever early podcast. It's a great one. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but it, it can create a gambling type experience and a video game, which video games are played by a lot of different people, yeah. but a large group of those people are children yeah. and adolescents who are too young to go into a casino and pop $5 into a machine mm -hmm. to maybe get more money or go to set at a blackjack table. I mean, that's, that's illegal. But we're but we're also saying like, hey, but if you play FIFA, like you can spend three hundred dollars on these card packs. That's cool, right? Right. Um, and so some people are are saying no, like this is this is gambling, this is gambling directly targeted at children and adolescents. This is not okay, and we have to take legal steps. So Belgium and Netherlands have taken a step right. there. And then there's some there was a push from a a senator in Hawaii. Was that yeah, a representative? Uh, Chris Lee. He was a um, Chris senator Lee. for Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he and he came out uh, with with his his attempts to like outlaw some loot boxes mm -hmm. uh, directly after the Star Wars Battlefront Two incident. Yeah. He he um, kind of started the um, I guess the uh, the snowball uh, for the U.S. to start looking into yeah. it. Um, yeah. So so it's becoming more of a conversation. Yeah, like in the U.K., I think that's where they had the surprise mechanics. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. so Chris Lee started it way back in the way back, you know, a year and a half ago, whatever. Way back. Um, this is ancient times. And it it he he got a little bit of steam from it. They met with the SRB sent out a, a joke of a representative. Um, and didn't know anything. An actual clown. He, yeah, <laughs> he might as well have been, but he, he didn't know anything. He, he was asked questions and he just, he didn't know any answers to it. Um, oh, gosh. and it was, it was disgusting because the ESRB is supposed to be the governing agency for, um, for the video games industry, but they're, they're, <laughs> it makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of, it, it's sad because, like they don't have any interest in protecting the gamers 
right now they're trying to protect the 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 publishers and the game devs so um that's really frustrating and then now there's been a push by josh holly i think it was he's a missouri uh state senator oh right right and Mm -hmm. um he's actually gotten a lot more traction because he's he's um talking about um how they affect uh, adolescents and children um you know where you know adolescents uh they're in a very uh, sensitive part of their development and these mechanics these loot box mechanics these gambling addictions can really affect their development and like screw up their entire development into middle school and high school and um, right. I mean there have been cases where you know college students are spending tens of thousands of dollars a year getting into crazy amount of debt on loot boxes because of the addictive <laughs> quality of them uh, and right, that's really, right. really sad. So he's he's actually um, uh, he's outlining a, a, a legislation um, that are are trying to get loot boxes to or games with loot boxes and microtransactions to have a mature rating. Um, so you know, right? Kids under eighteen years old can't play the game or aren't supposed to be playing the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, aren't supposed to, but mm-hmm. definitely still do. Yeah. But that's a step in the right direction. Absolutely. And uh, UK recently, yeah. um, they they deemed loot boxes as not falling under the um, the term gambling because there's no monetary value after the the payment, so there's no chance of winning money back. Uh, which that is based <laughs> off of an antiquated um, definition of gambling. Uh, which I think you've told me this before. It kind of makes it worse. Um, yeah, because... I mean, I would say that makes it even worse than gambling yeah. because, like, I could spend three hundred dollars and get nothing but digital goods that are actually worthless to me. Yeah, and that won't mean anything in the next year when the new game comes out. Right. Like, like some some people have said, like, well, what about like Pokemon cards? Like, that's like gambling. And it's like, well, in a sense, sure, but I'm actually buying a physical product. Right. Like, I, I spend three dollars. I actually have like eleven Pokemon cards in my hand that maybe I could sell or maybe I could trade with somebody else if I wanted to. Or you know, right. like that's all. Like, I still have Pokemon cards that are worth money right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I could sell my Blastoise. I never will, but I could. <laughs> For fifteen bucks, like I think the last time I saw like a, a holographic Blastoise on eBay, like that's that's making money back right. for a physical product. Like people who bought characters in FIFA Ultimate Team two thousand twelve, like you're not getting that money back. That's not valuable in any way. Yeah. So and it yeah. it's that's that does make it worse because you can't cash out when this game ends. If they quit supporting it, it's gone. That money that's that done. you put into it is gone. That's done. But you're yeah. still gambling. You're still hoping for a chance to get an item and i think that so it's an antiquated uh definition but i think there's a uh there's a commission or there's something in the uk where they're actually trying to look more into it and do the research into it um rather than basing it off of this antiquated law it's like you know when the internet (laughs) came out they didn't have a lot of rules or regulations for it and um like you can't it's the wild west brother yeah it's 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 one of those things where they they didn't know how to so you can't apply the rules of real world to the rules of the internet there needs to be new rules um and laws made for it so it's like hoth (laughs) 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 um so um 
yeah. So so I'm glad that it's starting to spread more. I absolutely think like if a game is gonna have microtransaction and loot boxes, then it should have a mature rating because the even though it's wrapped up in a in a prettier bow, it doesn't mean it's not similar to going to a casino. Which, funny enough, GTA Five now has an actual casino where you can put money in. Oh bed. man, I saw that. I'm like, this is not good. This is a bad road to go down. Yeah. So it's yeah like an actual casino where you can buy currency with real money mm-hmm. to gamble in the game yeah and another thing that really frustrates me is how much like the developers and publishers are trying to manipulate so one of the things that i never understood for a long time um until a few years ago is like why do these games constantly have in-game currency for stuff that you're you're buying with real money and because they want to create a disconnect like you're less likely yeah. to spend five dollars, but you're more likely to spend five hundred crystals, um, and so. Or it can be like it can also be a thing where it's like, uh, it, they can make you buy more of the currency because they can price items at like a, a block of currency that you can't purchase on its own. Right. So like 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 say it. Let's say an item costs seven hundred crystals, mm-hmm. right? But you can only buy I, like the crystals in blocks of five hundred, right. or you can buy a thousand, or you can buy two thousand, and maybe you get a discount on some of those. You get some bonus crystals, right. or it doesn't it's not like a one to one ratio. Yeah. But that way, you have to buy a thousand crystals to be able to get the seven hundred dollar thing that you actually want. Right, no seven hundred crystal, not seven hundred dollars. And another another thing that most people don't um... rough, 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 rough <laughs> dogs. Uh, <laughs> something most people don't think about when it comes to the pricing of these items is, okay, so you might know this better than me. What's the most expensive, I guess, um, skin for a gun is in Destiny? Um, would you say? I, I think I think that's like a good example. Like I think most of those are like seven hundred silver. Okay, and then like, are there cheaper ones? Uh, well, some of them you can get for like. Destiny, one of the Destiny's problems is they have like a billion currencies in the game for different things. So like silver is the one that you can buy. Bright dust is one that you get through playing the game and dismantling items that you don't want. Mm -hmm. And so there's some, like there are plenty plenty of items that you can get through bright dust. Right. Uh, but I think, yes, I think, I think there are like varying levels of silver that you could pay for different like skins and things like that. So the, the funny thing is the inherent value of these items shouldn't be different because mostly the development time to make those skins aren't that Mm. different so let's say there's uh, a skin that costs 300 silver as opposed to a skin that costs 700 silver they took this uh, probably nearly the same amount of time to develop and create but they're priced differently because they're the value in game for some reason is different um and for me I guess I'm more aware of that, but for a lot of people, they're not. And they say, oh, $700 for this exotic skin uh, is definitely a great price, you know, rather than paying um, $300 for this other, or 300 um, silver for silver. this other item. Yeah. In real life terms, there's no difference in what it costs to make that. But right. they're pricing them differently based on the inherent value, what it is in the game. Which to right. me that that's also another frustrating thing. It's like why do we give why do we give gold so much value? It has not that much real value in real life, right? But people still put a lot of value in gold items. So 
gold necklaces, gold rings. They don't actually have any sort of great function. Even like conductibility, uh, they're shiny. It's it, they really doesn't have much functional value, but we put so much monetary value on it. Um, Can you really put a price on shininess, Nick? Seriously, come on. That's true. I guess. <laughs> well, I'm right. You know it. My bro, we're we're approaching an hour here. My dogs aren't that shiny, but I still put a lot of value in them. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But then they ruin podcasts. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They've lost all their monetary value. <laughs> my, yeah, my my gold hasn't ruined this podcast yet. I don't. Have, I don't have, I have like. Yeah, no, no, I have like no gold. So, well, where do you sit as far as like um, uh, microtransactions? You are you opposed to them? Or are you? Think I think only? it's a very like situational thing. On the whole, I would be glad if they weren't a thing. Yeah, but like. I think that they are a thing that's not going away any anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And if they can be put into a game responsibly and they're actually going to like developers to like pay their salaries and to pay for cool stuff in the game that we get to experience. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm cool with that. I mean like Fortnite, like those people have busted their butts like updating that game. Yeah. Like we, we could definitely talk about crunch with Epic uh with Epic Studios and and they do. I mean, I would. I I, I spent a couple. I, I like twice. I spent ten dollars on their um, like season pass deal. Right. Because I thought it was worth it, you know. And I, and I also was like, this is a free to play game that they're updating every single week. Yeah. And I could never put a penny into this game and still get the same play experience as someone else. Right. And so yeah, I'm gonna throw them a couple bucks because like they've worked their butts off, and I think there's this is a good quality product, you know. Right. Or like sometimes I've done it in Destiny. Like Destiny is like, there there have been times when the game has been really rough, and there are times when the game has been like top tier, one of the best games on the market. Yeah. And when I can tell that the developers working really hard, and I know now that Bungie is getting the cut of that rather than Activision. Yeah. Uh, then I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you guys a couple extra bucks because I think that you guys are doing like working really hard, yeah. and I want to support that. You know, that's that's something. Uh, but good. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. But but there are definitely times when I'm like, no, that's garbage. Get yeah. that out of here. <laughs> it's gonna be really interesting to see how Bungie does with that because I don't remember ever there being a time where a developer was with the publisher, and we're seeing how that's going as far as like the financial side. Well, Bethesda. And then they split off. Bethesda did that. Well, Bethesda is there's like Bethesda publisher and their I thought I thought that they were like a publisher and developer. Aren't they? Oh, no, so like both seeing a developer being with a publisher and then now not having a publisher with the same game. Oh, so, oh, oh, no, I not to my knowledge. I've never seen it happen. So it's going to be really interesting. Interesting to see where things go as far as microtransactions on that side because like. We used to see where the money was going. It was going mostly to publishers, and then you're seeing also how that's affecting development and the quality mm. of content that's coming out. And now we've already seen like the quality of the content is different. And even uh, Luke Smith's, you know, there was something that was supposed to come out, but he said, "This isn't coming out just yet. We're not ready where it's at, so we're going to take some time on it." And that was super yeah. different. And there was overwhelming support for that. So yeah, we're we're seeing how that's affecting development side of things. Um, so hopefully the quality does go up, but also like it would be great to see some of those developers um, make a little bit more um, oh, to yeah. start reaping Absolutely. some of the benefit of the the effort that they're putting in because that that makes sense to me. Like you got these people, hundreds and hundreds of people that are making the game, and then whenever a game gets some yeah. sort of boost or or whatever, like developers aren't making anything it's it's the yeah, executives it should be fed back into the people who are making it yeah and so i'm really hoping yeah. that that we start seeing that with bungie um and yeah. um 
you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see where they go. Absolutely. So, um, for so listener, what, what, how much have you experienced microtransactions? Mm-hmm. What do you think about them? What are some of the worst ones that you've seen, and <laughs> what are some of the the ones that you're you're okay with? Ones that you've um, been okay to to pay for, or been okay to yeah. try to to support the developers? Um, let us know. Uh, we're interested to see what you guys think on this. Um, absolutely and we don't want to tell you guys what to think maybe you think that they're totally appropriate and totally fine mm-hmm. and that's okay uh, we might disagree on some stuff but that's fine like we're not here to tell you what you should think mm-hmm. uh, just to present our perspective sure um, so if you want to reach out to us we're on twitter at the eg podcast and uh, I'm at Nick J Wells so if you want to follow me on twitter as well and then uh, sketch Absolutely. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Skitch256. I'm also on twitch.tv backslash Skitch256. I'm going to try and give some more love to my Instagram followers. I had that request in the stream the other day by a follower in my yarn chat. He's like, hey, can you remember the Instagram folks? Because we're not really on Twitter. And I was like, I will try to do that. So I'm going to start <laughs> posting to Instagram more often. There's there. I, so I do videography and stuff like that. And I constantly, I'm telling people that just have Twitter or just Instagram or something. They're not across the board on everything. So you need to distribute, you know, your posts evenly throughout all of them uh, or post to each one of them. Uh, it only takes a couple sure. extra minutes and you're going to be hitting a larger demographic. So yeah, that's, that's super important. Um, uh, but yeah, we uh, thank you guys for listening on this one. Um, hope, hopefully, we were somewhat informative. And um, if you guys yeah. want to, yeah, we hope you enjoyed it and maybe have a, a bit more knowledge about microtransactions or a bit more informed about. Be want to make your own decision about where you stand on it. Yeah, for sure. So um, thank you guys for listening, and um, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Y'all take care. <laughs>